What up? Welcome to a podcast with Mo. I am Mo. On this episode 117, we are joined by Koopy to talk about the book she read in November. Of course, we talk about our Patreon and merch shop, uh, a New Year's resolution we're both going to try, uh, and then we talk about a bunch of TV shows we've been watching, like Fresh Off the Boat, The Crown, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Gilmore Girls, stuff like that. So anyway, thanks for checking us out. podcast with Mo. What up? We're joined by Koopy. Hello. So that means we're talking books. Books, books, books. So if books episodes are your favorite, (laughs) then you're in luck. If they're not, well, that's just the episode today. Then you need to readjust your mindset. Yeah. Because books are the best. Yeah. They're like a top 10, I guess, thing. But uh, first thing I got to is my Patreon page, patreon.com slash a podcast with Mo. Um, go there, sign up, give me money, and you will get early access to the podcast. Give me enough money, you'll get shouted out like Marshall the Dharmanishta Bear, Jay, who I feel uncomfortable with the nickname he wants, racist, uh, Pow Wow, racist nickname there, uh, Hurricane Haynes, and my mother. You know, those are my co-producers. <laughs> and... um. <laughs> Then we have our merch shop, which I have been including the link in all these episodes, which is shop.spreadshirt.com slash a podcast with Mo. So um, if you want the cheaper shirts we have at the moment, uh, they'll be up until eventually like your the cycle runs out and you have to re-put it up. So when I re-put it up, I'm going to choose a more premium t-shirt. Uh, I do like mine, uh, but I kind of want to just, you know, test out some other ones as well right so anyway if anyone wants to get some i think it was like haynes hd cotton or whatever it was uh shirts right now do that shit until i don't know when it runs out but i'll let y'all know if i figure it out yeah get some swag for sure um i like the internet friend shirt uh just to wear around the house but again i don't know about the white internet friend shirt i don't necessarily recommend it <laughs> This feels a lot like an undershirt to me. Yeah, well, I just don't like white shirts in general. Right, and that's probably what it is. I don't wear white um, because I am very white and I'm fat. And those combinations <laughs> do not go well together for white t-shirts. Um, but all right, Kubi, so you're here. I don't have plans of anyone else beyond. If we go really short, I'll find someone to call. Um, I will say I'll give an update to you were here last week uh, on the Thanksgiving episode. And the reason I talked to EJ that he did not call in was uh, they found a roach in his ashtray and then he got taken to jail for the weekend. Sort of the scenario. Uh, I don't remember what state he told me he was in. So anyway, that's why he was unable to call in because that happened the night before he was scheduled to call in that next morning. So um, that's what he told me anyway. He hit me up and was like, hey, we can do it. And I was like, oh, it's done. So anyway, shout out EJ if you're listening. Sorry, you got arrested. Yeah. That's... Fucking man. Um, all right, Koopy. <laughs> On to your book talk. Sorry to get outside of your area. <laughs> all right. Well, um, I read six-ish books in November. There's one of them's a graphic novel and then one of them's a comic. So I don't know if people... Count those or not? Count those or not, but... I'm trying to get to 60 books, and it's been hard, so I'm counting them. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah. Because they were kind of, I mean, they relatively quicker to read, so. Right. But the first book I read was Now I Rise by Kirsten White. Um, and it's a sequel to a book that I read in October. And it was the one about um, Lada Dracul, which would mm-hmm. be like a gender swap version of Vlad the Impaler. And her... Um, upbringing basically in the Ottoman Empire after she was taken from her homeland. So in book two, which is the one I just recently read, she's going back to where she's from. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing it right. Walisha or Walesha. I'm something like that. And um, she's trying to take back her land that she uh, has a, you know, a legitimate claim to. And then it also has her brother's storyline, Radu, and he's in um, Constantinople, which is under attack by the Ottoman Empire. But um, anyway, he's supposed to be like a spy. And so it's his storyline uh, spying for the Ottomans. But at the same time, he really likes the people that he meets in Constantinople. So he's like really torn about, you know, what he's just supposed to do. But it's a really good book. It's a historical fiction. Um, so Ginger Swap, though, it's not, you know, it's kind of a weird way to go with it, but I like it. Right. You, uh, you seem to enjoy it. Yeah, I really like it. So there's one more uh, after this called Bright We Burn. And so I'll probably read that one in December. Well, cool. So that was the first book I read. Um, the second book I read was an Al Crate book. And I don't know if I need to talk about Alcrate, but yeah, if you've missed it, uh, you subscribe to this thing called Alcrate where you pay money and they send you a book, a box with a book and other fun stuff every month. Yeah, so it's a subscription box, and for October they sent out two books. So this was um, these were the two books, or this was one of the two books they sent out in October, and it's called "I Hope You Get This Message" by Farah Naz Rishi, and I'm. Not sure if I'm saying that correct or not, so I apologize if I didn't. But um, I really like the cover change they did for this one. It's all lime green and blue. So it's a really cool-looking book. Yeah, it does look um, cool. And it tells this three different perspectives um, of people who are eventually all connected, clearly. You see right. them all on the cover. But... Um, it's like eight days until Earth is supposed to be eliminated by an alien planet that has, um, so you know, humans have destroyed the planet and they have no respect for their resources. And so they are. So the aliens are going to kill us for it. Right. Because we were supposed to be taking care of it. It was actually their planet originally. Mm. And they made us to be like caretakers of it. I see. And we screwed it up. And so they have this, they because they need the planet for its resources, but we're going to ruin it. So they have to get rid of us. Fuck those aliens. That's what I say. <laughs> well, it, they say they're going to, they send a message to Earth that they will be eliminated in within eight days. And so it's these three teenagers trying to, you know, resolve different conflicts in their lives within that time frame. And so they're all on a different quest. And one of them, I think his name is Jess or Jesse, something like that. He tells everybody that he has this tower that can send messages to outer space. 
to the aliens. And so people start showing up at his house, sending messages to them, begging them to like not kill us. But it's called, I hope you get this message. And it's, it's pretty good. I mean, if you like YA, your young adult, uh, literature, you know, it's set in Arizona. So it's not like super sci-fi. It just has the element of aliens. Right. But it was good. Oh, cool. Yeah, that one looks good. If I'm judging books by their covers. <laughs> As we all usually do. Yes. Um. Okay, so up next is the graphic novel. And it's pretty thick. Yeah, so it looked, it's bigger than uh, any of the other books. It took me probably a solid week to read it. Yeah. Uh, I was reading other things at the same time, but I really like the art in it. Anyway, it's called On a Sunbeam by Tilly Walden. And it has also the illustrator. Yes. Same illustrator as she writes and illustrates all of her own work. She has several other graphic novels, but this one had the best reviews. And I have a tendency to always start with their best work instead of chronological, which is not always smart. But anyway, um, I'm just going to read the description because it's short. It says a, Restoration crew travels to the deepest reaches of space, rebuilding beautiful broken structures to piece the past together. Two girls meet in a boarding school and fall deeply in love, only to learn the pain of loss. With two interwoven timelines and stunning art, award-winning graphic novelist Tilly Walden creates an inventive world, breathtaking romance, and an epic quest for love. So it's like a love story set in space. And all their spaceships look like koi fish. Yeah, which I think is really cool. But yeah, the colors used and everything is, uh, I mean, it's, it is realistic. Like, you know what they're doing, but they're not going for realism with the artwork. I mean, it's very right. stylistic, which makes it cool. And the color palettes are limited on each page, but throughout right. the, the book, they use multitude of colors. It's just on each right. page, you might only see three. Four colors. It makes sense if like they're in space and there's lights on the ship or like it that's how I read it all, you know. Yeah. There's so, lots like, of like there's a day scene like on an earth like planet. But anyway, it's really cool. If you like graphic novels, I think this one is beautifully done and it has um a lot of really good reviews and I think that they're accurate. I mean, would it make you more open to checking out more graphic novels? For sure. Because I know that's not normally your thing. Right. I was trying to kind of broaden my reading range, but I would definitely pick up more. Cool. It's a good one. All right. So up next is Tower of Dawn. It's a Throne of Glass novel, which is... So, yeah, like Throne of Glass is this whole uh, series, I yes. guess. Right there way. are eight books in this series, I think. And people love this shit. Yes. Uh, Very popular. Huge. Uh, Sarah J. Mass is the author. She also has another series called A Court of Thorns and Roses. And so sometimes her fans are divided um, over which series they right, prefer. Like you prefer that one. No, I prefer A Court of Thorns right, and Roses. Well, I was trying to say. Right. But Not that one in your hand. The other one you mentioned. Yeah, I read that one first. And I don't know if it was just because I read it first, but I'm partial to it. Right. And then... Throne of Glass was her first series, so it starts off good, but you can tell she's a new writer. Right. It's kind of tropey, 
cliches. But then throughout the series, it gets much more complex, and she she's growing as a writer, and right. they're they're really good. And so, like this is, I think, book seven in the series. Like you liked this one a lot, yeah. And it's I been know. my favorite one in the whole series, and it's also um, a spinoff. So it has different character perspectives than you'd normally follow. Right. So I read Empire of Storms last month, and this is like the parallel book to it. So it's happening at the same time, but it's following different characters. And it has four new characters. Well, they're not really new, but new perspectives. Kale, Nezrin, Irene, and Sartok. And so I don't really know how to explain it without giving a whole lot of information, but... There's a love story. Um, Irene is a healer and Kale is crippled in a wheelchair after incidents that took place earlier on in the series. Spoiler. Whoops. <laughs> the brand starts there. Right? And so she's trying to heal him. And then you have Nezrin and Sartok. And Sartok is like a, a warrior. They ride rooks, which are cool new character creatures. They're like these eagle bird-like creatures. And um, they're on a quest to make, like, an alliance. So you have, like, two different storylines that you're following. And there's a lot of other things that are taking place with the previous storylines. But I don't want to get into all of that. Right. But it's a really good book. I mean, I just remember when you were reading it, you actually were, like, a little surprised how you liked it more than the others. Because I know, like I said, you weren't – you didn't love – the rest of the series like you did the other series. Correct. And then I heard a lot of people saying they didn't like this one at all. Right. And some people just skip it and they don't even read it when they are like rereading the series or maybe even the first time. I don't know. But I'm really glad I read it and I really liked it. Right. Well, cool. Yeah. So is there more in the series that are already out? Or yes. Is that the- there's one more and it's the last one in the series and it's called Kingdom of Ash. And I plan on working my way through it throughout New throughout December because my goal is to finish the series by the end of the year. Well, hell yeah. But it's like a thousand pages. Yeah. It's long. That's nothing for you. It's long. So. That's a lot. The next one. All right. Definitely you getting weird. Definitely out of my element. I read a comic called Saga. I read the first volume of Saga. So it's only like chapter, like five or six chapters. That's our dog if you hear running in here. There are, I think, currently like six or seven volumes out. Right. Yes. And on this one, I've listened to podcasts. Like, There's a video game podcast to listen to that we're trying to make this like a required reading, and they were all going to talk about it on a certain episode. So I do know it's popular and people like it, and I've actually been interested, but I personally never have read comic books. It was really good, and I read it, I think, within like an hour or two, probably two hours. Yeah. It's thick. I mean, for a comic, I don't know, actually. I think it's like close to 200 pages. Yeah. Um, It's written by Brian K. Vaughn and illustrated by Fiona Staples. So I don't know if those names mean anything to anybody. Um, If you're in the comic world or not, you probably know them. But it follows, okay, two characters. um, And and the company is Image Comics, by the way. So... um, you know, people are like, is it Marvel or DC? But I know this Image Comics is like a whole other thing of they make uh, just not like they don't just make superhero comics. Right. You know I mean? This like is not really a superhero story. Right. It's a fantasy. Yeah. For sure. Um, and we have 
I'm already blanking on their names. <laughs> and you had little pins with these characters. It was kind of like pushing. Oh, they were they're little magnetic bookmarks. Right. So you got in your Alcrate thing. You got some little magnetic bookmarks of these two main characters. There are three. Or three. But yeah. And you kind of got interested. I yeah. Guess. So I was like, well, I, if I'm going to use these, I have to have at least read this right. content that they're from. So they felt useless to me unless I had read them. But now that I read it, I really like it and can plan to continue the series. But anyway, it follows like a little family in the first opening. It's a guy and a girl and they've just had a baby. And the girl is like a fairy. Yeah, she has like little fairy dragon wings. And she was born on a planet that is um, like the home planet to hit. Like he's from the moon of her planet. Right, and the guy looks like uh, he has ram head. He has horns. And so it's the war, and so there's a a war going on between their homes, and it's the war between the wings and the horn, something like that. And so she is stationed as like a guard for a jailkeeper or whatever, and he's been arrested, and so that's kind of like how they meet. Right. And clearly they... Have, have a baby. A, have a baby. They fall right. in love. We don't know really a lot of their backstory. It just kind of starts right with having the baby. So is it all like an allegory for interracial marriage and stuff? Is this where? Like Possibly. A desegregation of the South. But know. there's a lot of different <laughs> species. It's not just right. There like, are a lot. You've shown you've shown me just random pictures, and there is a bunch. It's not like here's the three races or whatever. Yeah, I'm not really. They've just never liked each other. I'm not really sure. They have very different beliefs. But then there's also like these robot human yeah, these, creatures. Uh, naked humans with robot heads or got, TV heads. We've got uh, red ghosts. Um, but they, they're this couple and their child are being hunted because they are not supposed to be together. Right. And they're deserters from this war or whatever. So they're being hunted down by a multitude of people. And in the first book, they're trying to make it to the rocket ship forest so they can find a rocket and leave the galaxy because they want to protect their child. Right, so it's like basically the plot. Yeah, and so she wants to show her daughter the world, and he um, obviously agrees to do that. And so that's their quest in book volume one. Hell yeah. It looks cool. The art is real cool. I might check it out. It's definitely graphic. It's, an I would say, an adult series, not suitable for young children. Right. For sure. has sex and stuff in it. Yeah. So. But kids today, their iPads, you know. Right. Maybe they already seen it. I don't know. <laughs> so, hey, Saga looks cool. Like I, said, so I think it's fairly popular. Yeah, I'm going to k- keep reading it um, in the future. So the last book is one that I'm hoping to finish this afternoon. I've got about 130 pages or so, so I think I can do it. But it's called Crier's War by Nina Varilla. Varilla? Varilla. Varilla. One L. Um, and it is science fiction as well. Um, so kind of got a sci-fi theme. Yeah, I used to hate sci-fi. And this was the second book they included in the Alcrate box for October. And it's uh, Crier's Ward. It follows two characters. One is Crier, and she's like a 
automes, what they call them, and they're like robot creatures. They're like androids, yeah. They're they're made, and then you have one mortal character. Um, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing her name right, but it's like Aurelia, something like that. And Cryer is a princess type, higher up creature, and humans are like servants, and they're very poor. And um, the the androids are ba- built on like four pillars of human. I don't know. Um, skills, rules, laws. rules, laws. Yeah. Um, but Cryer finds out that she's defected. She has a fifth one, and it's passion. And so she's more human than. More- I swear, all these people just will take. Stargate storylines because <laughs> this literally happened Stargate whenever the replicators became humans and then number five was like he all of a sudden had emotions and the others didn't and he tried to defect and then they the I think I Stargate remember that SG1 one now that you're bringing it up fucked him over and then he became an arch enemy because I'm then you're like yeah because humans are fucking trash that was the moral of the story anyway well this is more like the robots are kind of like bad to the humans right so it's a little different, but Cryer is different than the other robots. Right. It's a robot that cries. Yeah, she does cry, actually. There you go. Um, And there's also a, a love story between the two females. So they haven't really gotten that far. I think this is going to be a series. They haven't really like you, you can tell they're into each other, but they haven't really expressed it. So, do the robots have, like, genitalia? Well, Cryer, yeah, I guess so. She... Because if they're into each other, that implies some sort of romantic uh, she for the She overhears sounds coming from a room, and she knows that one of the uh, people making the sounds is an android type thing. And so, she's shocked at first, but then it gives her a tingling sensation for the first time. So, in the book, she experiences arousal. Oh, so they made the robots into it, so it wasn't as weird when you sexed them up, like when the humans made them in this. I guess so. They eat food and stuff. They can. Let's see. I'm just saying because drink- uh, like there's that human TV show we watch, and then also the Detroit video game I recently played, and all of those. If there's like sex worker robots, they're like they have no feelings, and then when they become sentient, they're like. I'm not enjoying this and I'm being used. But it seems like in this world, the robots are like, no, no, we're kind of into it too. No, the, the robots suppress it. It's a human desire. She, oh, She's different though because she has passion. I see. So she's a little bit different. But they aren't supposed to be able to procreate. They're made. So I don't know why they would make them. Right. I don't know. I don't really know, but there's this whole. Not done with it yet. Maybe it'll. (laughs) There's this whole storyline of um, what they do survive on, and it's called like Heartstone, and it's a liquid that they drink that keeps them alive as machines. So they have to have it for survival. So there is that element. Right. Well, cool. So you're enjoying that one so far. Yeah, I like it. It's definitely different. Um, People in the book world were very excited about this one. It was very highly anticipated. I had never even heard of it, but it's good. I wasn't as like 
excited to read it as um, other people were, but I have enjoyed it. Right. Well, hell yeah. Yeah. So how, how many are you up to now for the year? I'll be going into December with 56 books or on my 56th book. So 55 is how many I've finished. So you'll need to read five more. Yes. I think you could do it. Yeah, I've been trying to get a, at least six in, and I think I already have them planned out, which five I need to read. So um, lately I've been averaging about six. But like I said, I did count. Well, if you get done early, maybe um, I'll put in the Harry Potter Lego game again, and I'll <laughs> give it another shot. Yeah, I enjoyed it. You did not, but I actually had fun with it, probably just because it was Harry Potter. But I just don't like those Lego games, but um, I could always it give it a shot. It didn't seem as hard to me as some of the other games. Right. Yeah, they're not really hard. It's just maybe that's why I'm not. I don't <laughs> love it. I don't know. Um, but anyway, uh, we do get some Christmas break off eventually, you know. So yes, we'll see what happens there. Well, anyway, good luck on reading all your books. Uh, hopefully, you get to it. And then, of yeah. course, I'm sure you'll be back on to talk about books. Seems to be an easy content. Yeah, for and me. it'll be the new year. Yeah, uh, we'll have to come up with something. So if you have any questions, suggestions, or corrections, please email us at a podcast with Mo. That is a p o d c a s t w i t h m o at gmail.com. Perfect. Boom. I think for next year, some ideas because we've been talking a little bit about stuff we probably need to do in our life. Probably should try to quit Cokes in 2020, you know? Yeah. That might be my goal. I might just live it up the rest of this year, and then next year, cold turkey the soda. It's going to be hard, but I think it's necessary. Right. So that's um, something to look forward to. I don't know if I'll quit anything else, but that's... And I have to decide how many books I'm going to try to read next year. If I'm going to just... I try to keep it the same until it seems easy, because you barely got it. Well, I, I I jumped from 40 to 60. Yeah. Which was a big leap. I think I should have done like 40 to 50, 50 to 60. Right. Well, and I know if you're through your job next year, like towards the end of 2020, you might, you might have more work. So you got to think of this stuff. You got to plan it out. So I don't know if you'll have as much free time. Right. I need to do better in the summer, I guess. Yeah. That's what it is. Um, let's see. Other things we can talk about. We've been watching basically just old shows uh one thing i watched all day yesterday and i just keep watching is fresh off the boat i just think fresh off the boat so good i don't know why but it's just my shit yeah it's pretty funny and you definitely relate to eddie yeah i like eddie a lot i mean my family was something like eddie's family but like him but he is like a black sheep in a way like he likes hip-hop and no one else in his family does so like i relate for whatever reason and i really like the fat red-headed kid just, yeah, the Cubs kid. And there's one, if anyone else has watched out there, probably not, maybe. Uh, there's one of Eddie's friends who's just such the worst actor, and he's shorter than all the rest. He looks like he's way younger than the rest. I don't know how he got cast. He likes the Ace Ventura movie. No, no, he likes The Mask. Yeah, The Mask. <laughs> the Mask. And the Mask. For whatever reason, just he's so bad at delivering lines. He just seems so unnatural. He's just bad at acting. And he sticks out, and every time we see him, we're like, oh, God. He's, like, so cringy, but they keep putting him in. Yeah. So that's my one complaint, I guess, off of, with Fresh Off the Boat. Right. Um, now, I will say, and this happened with 
uh, Goldberg's as well, which is a show I used to really like, and it's still okay, but I don't like. Yeah, we the still new watch them, but not with the same enthusiasm. Right, and Goldberg's went through this thing where they realized Beverly was the best part of the right. show, and then they leaned into that, and then they done it too much, probably. Yeah. Um, whereas in Fresh Off the Boat, because I'm about to start, I just started season three, is where I'm at on it. They realize the mom is the probably the best character. Jessica. And Lewis, the dad, is also really good. I mean, he's pretty good, as long as they use him sparingly. But it seems like they're leaning into them too more and less on the kids. And I'm like, ah, I don't want them to be too too much what the Goldbergs did, you know. Because yeah. I prefer the – I like the kids. Too. I think all three kids are pretty funny. They do a good job with, uh, Dynamic, with how perfect yeah. the two younger ones are against Eddie's like <laughs> – fuck up of an Asian kid or whatever. Well, like, they just fit the stereotype, and Eddie's, like, disappointed by that. Right. <laughs> but I've been watching The Crown. Uh, season three has been really good. They aged it up because they, like, jump in the timeline. Yeah, I've caught um, episodes here and there of The Crown. I would never tell anyone I watch it because <laughs> I don't really know exactly what's going on, but I have uh, seen probably half the episodes here or there well there's like in season two there's the kennedy episode which is so sad in season three um there's been a great episode where prince charles goes to wales to learn welsh and has to give his acceptance speech in welsh and it was like very heart-wrenching and that reminds me um i don't think he's gonna listen to this or anything but this artist from uh i think he's actually from wales uh named charlie J that we played on the music podcast i said from england and then he thought it was like so funny that I said he was from England when he's from Wales. Yeah, and I'm very like, different. I meant the UK. And I, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I meant. But I was like, also, I'm an idiot. And in America, like, they don't teach us what the fuck Unless, countries are in the UK. I mean, yes, they teach you how to read a map. But that's pretty much it. Yeah, like when you're in like fifth grade or something, like way <laughs> early, and you do those, all those tests. Uh, but like... But you don't really know a lot about the cultures of the individual. Right. Like a lot we of people- had social studies up until eighth grade, and that was just like some coach or some teacher who was over it, and they would give him that, and he's like, read the chapter. Like, no, a lot, very few people, I don't know, I'm sure there are a lot, you know, the difference between Ireland and Scotland, like people get it confused all the time. See, I don't know how, but I guess you could. I feel like that's part of it. Right. To me, Wells is just the uh, forgotten of the four member. Is there for how long? I don't know how many things are in the United Kingdom, but I know Scotland, Ireland, and England is. The Wells, when someone mentions, I'm like, oh, yeah. But I don't like fucking know, you know? Yeah. Anyway, uh, it's like a Luxembourg, you know? It's like a little bitty place. Well, I've really enjoyed season three of The Crown. <laughs> right. Back you on topic. Anything with the British accent. I just, well, not anything. But I do like historical right. TV shows. Uh, period pieces, yeah, if you will. Um, I'm excited for Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Yeah, that starts soon. Uh, I think like December 6th. Yeah, I think like that. that's what you said. Uh, if you have Amazon Prime, you have uh, like where you can watch videos and shit. Like a lot of people I know that have Amazon Prime just don't do that part. They're like, no, it gets me the deliveries. Yeah, and I'm like, like, well, that's there's great. There's a whole other element to it. And it's like, but you can be watching stuff. Uh, the Marvelous Mrs. Maisel it's definitely a top five currently running show for me. It's from the same creator of Gilmore Girls, Amy Sherman Palladino, and it's hilarious. It's set in the 50s, 60s, 60s now, I think. Right. I think it was the 50s into the 60s. I don't know. 
to me, the main character is more or less Joan Rivers. It's not, but more or less it is. And um, when she was like coming up and kind of telling dirty jokes, but it's like a woman shouldn't say that, but she looks like a normal pretty girl. Like, you know, she can get away with it. Right. And so it kind of works. And then uh, Lenny Bruce is like a character that they reference or she meets in there. Like there are certain comedians. Uh, So I just really enjoy it because I like stand up comedy a lot. And we'll get into Gilmore Girls in a minute, but like the writing style of whatever the creator's name is, is very distinct. Like you very fast paced, heavy dialogue. Right. You can tell if you've ever watched Gilmore Girls, this was written by the same people, but they can say fuck and stuff, you know? So like, it's just funnier. It just is. I think, uh, they do just do a really good job all around and the stories are good enough that you're like kind of invested in it and stuff. Now, the only thing I hope, but I hope that it's in season two and it didn't happen was I just want more stand up. Right. And I'm sure that's really hard to write good stand up because that's what people are trying to do for a living out there in the world. But it's so good when she does stand up sets and you're like, Oh, it's so funny. And then it's like nine episodes later, she'll do another one. So that was my only complaint um, of last season. So I'm hoping they do more this season. I agree. But it's still really good. And then speaking of Gilmore Girls, that's like your go. It's like your office, except normally in the fall. Right. And uh, for anyone that don't get that reference, I love The Office. So uh, we watch Gilmore Girls normally every fall, and um, we've been really getting it, you know, lately, yeah. just burning through them. Yeah, they're they're good. They're uh, well. This week's been really busy. I haven't had as much time to read because of just other things going on, and it's good to just like wind down with a good episode of Gilmore Girls at the end of the day. Right. Um, I kind of just still stand on. I like Lorelai's character. I think she's real good. Rory has never been uh, any character. I'm not in, ever interested in anything Rory related. That's I've definitely one. grown with this show. Like growing up, I was more intri- into Rory's storyline right. because it was airing when I was like, I was in middle school. She was in high school. When I was in high school, she was in college. Like I just right. related more to her storylines. Um. But now as an adult, I definitely think Lorelai steals the show. Yeah, Lorelai's really good. And the Lorelai's parents. Um, yeah, Emily and Richard are hilarious. The more times pairing. I watch it, the more I'm like, oh, yeah, they really are but the best part. Paris. Oh, yeah, Paris is Paris the Paris Geller is the greatest. She's She's the best part for sure. So intense and funny. but And there's so many people that are go on to other things. So, like uh, – I know his name, real name's Adrian Brody or Adam Brody, one of the Brodies. Oh, um, yeah. He goes to play Seth Cohen in the OC. He starts there. And then the dude who's on True Blood, who everyone would know from season one of True Blood, you know, or I guess like six seasons of True Blood or whatever. Terry, I think was his name yeah, or something. He's, the, he's like also in the war veteran. Yeah. And True Blood, like he's in this. And then he, Peter Petrelli from Heroes is in, he's in this. He's Jess. Yeah. All these. Anyway. I get like Dean if you if you grew up supernatural right if you grew up watching it you're like yeah because they're the, to you those are just the characters in the show but to me because I watch all these other shows I'm like oh yeah that's that guy and that's that guy Chad Michael Murray's in the big right early season before One Tree Hill did yeah. his thing and uh, real quick because I have nothing else to talk about One Tree Hill was really dope yeah it and was it just fell off like it found a way and maybe just because we lived through it you know or whatever. Uh, it found a way to make a girl chick show cool enough that a guy could watch it and not feel like they were super lame. It's like, let's well, call basketball. It has bro. basketball. It has yeah. basketball, <laughs> so we can watch it. And 
it was just really, it was pretty uh, gripping in like a soap opera way. And then at some point in time, all the stars were like, yeah, we don't want to do it anymore. And they're like, we're just going to keep making this show. Yeah. And it, so like with when Chad Michael Murray characters left and Peyton's character left and I know they keep Chad Michael Murray's like good friend on for a long time, whatever her name was. The, right. But it's like they just follow her for the rest of it. Yeah. So it's... um. If anyone, uh, I'm sure it's on Netflix or something out there. You, it's worth like the first five seasons are pretty good, maybe three. Yeah. And then uh, once they get to college, I guess you can probably give up because it starts falling off around there. But yeah, and it's like all these people out there who love Grey's Anatomy. Like it was never good after the four original surgeons. I've, but they've kept that show going. I've forever. maybe watched two episodes my whole life of Grey's Anatomy. I yeah. used to watch the the first original original series. Like three, four seasons, like crazy. Well, we can watch it whenever if it's on something. But yeah, I'm just outside my wheelhouse. I can't believe it's still airing. Um, eventually we might have to get back into Disney Plus. We did our free week, and we decided at that moment I just didn't see the value. Especially if you grew up with Disney, like you've seen a lot of those movies. You're not really going to want to go back and watch them unless you're just in the right mood. Right. And I guess if you have kids, it's a different thing. You want to share some of these earlier things. And I could see getting it for a while. Once they get original programming, I'm sure we'll get it back. Like, I thought The Mandalorian was pretty good. Yeah, I really liked it. First two episodes. I've even now been like, oh, I wish we had, you know, had it so we could see the new episodes. But at that time, I was like, I don't care about watching Lizzie McGuire and all that like it was it's just all standard definition you know like yeah it's just not, not as good as when you were a kid and it's kind of like ruins your favorites a little bit right it's the same thing happens with video games a lot of times you can go back and play a video game you loved and you're like oh this isn't what i thought it right you're I like man this it. is a lot cheesier than i thought right. or like gosh i can't believe i used to like re- get excited for this show <laughs> right it's kind of like and i feel weird about but i still it. think even stevens was good Oh, for sure. I mean, I did rewatch uh, a couple of those, and I I'll always it. like Shia LaBeouf. You know, everyone hates on him these days, but I'm a big, big fan. Um, and Kim Possible was good, which is the same chick from Even Stevens. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, the girl who plays Ren is the voice of Kim Possible. Never watched Kim Possible. It came out and Rod Stoppable. <laughs> <laughs> it came out after like uh, that. Like no more animation, right? Like I was done with kid cartoons. And for whatever reason, at some point in time, I remember the last kid cartoon I dug and was into was Fairly Odd Parents. Yeah, and that one was funny. For whatever reason, I liked it. I listened to the theme song yesterday. It came on Facebook, like had like where it was synced up to people dancing or something. And I was like, oh yeah, their theme song was really good. I forgot how good the Fairly Odd I Parents can't theme song place is. Place it in my mind, but look it up out there, I people. Will. And uh, so that one was good. But I remember like that premiered, and I was like, oh, this is cool. And then like a few months later, Invader Zim premiered, and yeah. I had this thought of like. I'm just too old for cartoons. Invader Zim was definitely like for a certain crowd. Yeah, one hundred percent. I I didn't like it. I tried to like it. You see, but like the crowd you wanted to, or you kind of hung out with. Right, like a Zim lot of stuff. my friends liked Invader Zim, but yeah. I just I just was an oddball. I guess I did not. Right, you weren't weird enough for the. No, for that. I also hate hate SpongeBob. Oh yeah, you do. I hate SpongeBob almost as much as I hate Donald Trump. Like they're pretty close. <laughs> I I would say you hate Donald Trump more because you will well, not for sure. tolerate for any sure. talk or conversation or anything about him. 
Um, SpongeBob. I feel like there's a lot of overlap in the crowd appeal there. Think so? See, I disagree. <laughs> I think age wise, there makes it not. Um, I, I enjoyed SpongeBob at first, uh, like the first season. I was like, oh, I get it. Because I was, you know, whatever. But I've been, yeah, I haven't watched all of SpongeBob. I think the memes are great. I just can't, I can't stand his laugh. I can't stand the concept. Like, it's just great so theme song. Dumb. It's catchy, but it's not really great. I think that's what makes it great is the catchiness. And then I don't really get the whole. Like, there's a lot of catchphrases that people repeat, and I guess it's just because I haven't watched it, but it just all seems dumb to me. I don't know. I remember when it came on the air, I was like, this is dumb. I'm not going to watch it. That was probably my moment of I'm over cartoons. Right. Yeah, it was way before me, but I'm sure you watched them after that then. Well, I liked Kim Possible. Right. <laughs> yeah, just SpongeBob wasn't your thing. I remember the only reason I really gave it a chance is because I remember vividly being in second grade and going to my cousin Cameron's house and playing the Ren and Stimpy video game while we listened to the Ren and Stimpy cassette tape, playing Happy, Happy, Joy, Joy over and over. It's like I loved Ren and Stimpy. And to me, SpongeBob was the spiritual successor of Ren and Stimpy when it first came out. But like I said, I think very quickly I realized, oh, it's not. And so I, I just quit watching it eventually. But at first, and maybe I'm misremembering, I just remember the earlier season being weirder. Oh, I'm sure they were, and that was probably why I didn't like But I wasn't allowed to watch Ren and Stimpy. And Ren and Stimpy was weird. Where, like, Ren and Stimpy, Stimpy would be it, like, be gross. look at my belly button lid, yeah. and it would zoom in on some disgusting, gross yeah, shit. And he had, like, bones and stuff in and it. And then, uh... Bugs crawling. So anyway, I liked Ren and Stimpy a lot. So whatever, for whatever reason, that made me want to like Spongebob. I don't even know if that's related at all. Maybe other people out there had that experience, though. Um... I also and then, of course, Rugrats All Grown Up was probably technically the last cartoon yeah. I really gave a fuck about that was a kid's show still. There was a show called Ginger or something like that. She liked horses. Oh, that was a cute cartoon. It was on Nickelodeon. So people out there know what I'm talking about. Yeah, it's like the wild thornberries. I liked wild thornberries. You liked that? Like I, and again, this is, a, I guess, an argument for like, this is why you need cartoons of people of different genders and races. Because me as a white kid was like, I or man, was like, I don't give a fuck about wild thornberries. <laughs> <laughs> like, I like Eliza. Girl going through Africa looking for animals or whatever. She could talk to animals. Yeah, and then I was probably like ripping off Dr. Doolittle. Eddie Murphy's the man. He makes nothing but hits. That's not even the original Dr. Doolittle. Well, yeah, but she gets remade all the time. Yeah, but I'm just saying. Well, if anyway, you're going to reference Dr. Doolittle, you should have to go back a little further. I'm not going to watch that, first <laughs> off. And Eddie Murphy made The Nutty Professor, Dr. Doolittle. I mean, he was just pumping out the hits that time. Yeah, I remember seeing uh, Dr. Doolittle in theaters. Yeah, it was a good one. I mean, I remember liking Eddie Murphy so much, I went and saw Bowfinger in theaters, and that's like, when I was like 10, like, I didn't even understand what was going on in the movie, but I was like, I love Eddie, Eddie I don't Murphy. know what that is, but I'm sure it's a classic. Uh, I don't know, it's, I've only went and watched it in theaters, didn't understand it, didn't find it funny at all, and I haven't watched it since, but it may be funny if I watch it now, <laughs> I just don't know. Um, all right, well, I'm sure we've talked a long time, or long enough anyway. Just trying to make it to where you don't have to find another guest. Yeah, let's make it easy <laughs> on me, and then... Uh, Next week, I'm going to try to put out a week from the day this episode comes out, uh, Internet Friends special of my next album. and It's been a quite an epic task. Yes, I'll get random texts of people of like, I'm ready now. And I'm like, all right, let's do our five-minute interview. So at the moment, I've interviewed all but three people that will be on the album. One, I probably won't because I don't know them. 
um, you know, at all. <laughs> they were uh, gotten from someone else, you know. And then uh, the other two people I've hit up today, and I'm trying to get them in today to get it over with so I can get it all edited because it's going to be epic. So anyway, everyone look out for that. Um, and then, you know, I'm sure Snappy will be back Monday and the normal thing there. But all right, thanks for being on talking about books, Coopy. Good luck with your uh, the rest of them. I have five more to go, and hopefully we will have time to watch TV shows too. <laughs> in between all your book reading, yeah, I got to finish the Crown. And what's the next book you're reading? You're really excited about? Oh, Queen of Nothing is going to be the first book I read next, um, and it's a third book in the Folk of the Air series. So it's been highly anticipated for me. Yeah, you've been pumped. I got a whole special edition Alcrate box just centered around it. And so I had to, I waited on that, but it was it's finally been here and it's ready to be read. So well, hell yeah. Yeah. Well enjoy that. I'll probably read that fast. <laughs> well peace. Bye. Thanks.